Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading from Yourself and Your House Wonderful by H.A. Gerber. Chapter 3, Where Food Goes. When you go into a strange house, you generally only see nothing but the reception room or parlor. But in your own dwelling, you visit all the different parts of the house. You therefore know that you could do without a parlor much better than without a kitchen. The kitchen is by far the most useful room in the house. And if it is kept neat and clean, one need not be ashamed to let anyone peep into it. Of course, when you have visitors, you receive them in the parlor, talk to them about pleasant subjects, and show them all the pretty things you have. Nobody runs for the garbage can or the swill pail to set it down before the visitors and ask them to sniff how bad it smells. Neither do you spread the contents of the trash basket or of the ash barrel out before your guests or show them the soiled clothes of your family. No, indeed. We keep only pleasant and clean things in the parlor and talk only about those. But every neat housekeeper has a garbage can and an ash barrel, and they are very useful articles indeed, much more so, in fact, than pianos or picture books. Our houses could not be kept sweet and clean if all the ashes, paper, and dirt were left in them, and our kitchens would not be fit to stay in if they were littered up with all the potato and apple parings, the cabbage leaves, corn husks, pea pods, fruit scrims, scraps of meat, bone, and etc. Now, all those things would not take up much room and be in our way, but many of them would soon smell so bad that you could not stand it, and would either have to get it out of the house or become very sick and die. All tidy housekeepers brush up the dust, pick up the papers, and clear out the ashes every morning. These are carefully put in the ash barrel, which you know is emptied every few days by men hired to collect such refuse in cities and towns. The bits of food which are left over, and which can no longer be used, all the fruit skins, vegetable parings, bones, etc., are carefully scraped off the plates and out of the pots and pans and put into the garbage can. Then a careful housekeeper covers it up tightly so no bad smells can creep out to poison the air. The garbage can, too, is put where the street cleaners can see and empty it when they make their usual rounds. If you live in the country, each house owner has to look after the house refuse himself. Some of it is burned some given to the pigs, some put on the manure heap to rot and make food for the ground, and such things as bones and ashes are often used to fill up holes or make roads. Now, although housekeepers and farmers have to spend a certain amount of time every day attending to the refuse, they don't make any fuss about it, and are not one bit ashamed for doing this work. They know everybody has to do just that kind of thing, although it is not amusing, and there are far more interesting matters to talk about. Still, once in a while, a farmer or housekeeper has to teach someone else how to dispose of this refuse. Or perhaps someone discovers some new and better way to get rid of this rubbish. Then he naturally tells his friends and neighbors all about it, so they can get through their work more quickly and have more time to spare for pleasanter things. A man or woman or child who talks about refuse with this object in view is acting in a perfectly proper way, and if he can thereby do good to his fellow creatures, he is a public benefactor. But when one talks about it for mere fun, shows he has a small mind, all taken up with unpleasant things, and that he is, therefore, unfit to associate with nice people. 
As our body is a house into which food is brought every day, it stands to reason that while some of that food is needed to feed the master of the house and his many servants, there is part of it which is waste or refuse. That part must be removed, like the papers, dust, ashes, and garbage, which we talked about a little while ago. Just as we are not in the habit of speaking before strangers of our ash barrels and garbage cans, we generally do not mention the body refuse in public. But, just as an old housekeeper has to teach younger ones how to dispose of ashes and swill so they can keep our houses sweet and clean, you must learn all about the body refuse if you are to take proper care of your own little houses. Of course, all children old enough to read this book will readily understand that there are times and places for everything. If a subject, not generally talked about, is mentioned here, it is because it is right and proper that you should know all about it. Stupid children always giggle, snicker, whisper, nudge each other, and exchange knowing glances when such matters are spoken about in their presence. But all the bright children are far too sensible to act in such a rude or silly way. They think, our mother or teacher knows what is in this book and what we ought to know. We must read carefully and learn all we can, because our health and even our lives can be lost by lack of care in just such matters as these we are now learning about. Of course, all the nice children know that while they must be truthful and answer any questions parents, teachers, or doctors ask in regard to this subject, they are never to talk about it to anyone else. For although there is nothing wrong about the body's refuse, it is not one bit nicer to talk about it needlessly than to bring the garbage pail into the parlor. Now, I think even the smallest child who reads this book will understand how to behave, and I feel sure that none but those who have garbage-pale minds will ever talk about it afterwards, save when they must, and then only in the briefest and nicest way. If anyone should begin to speak to you on this subject in any other way, you can quietly tell them that this book has told you all about it, and you have far too much respect for yourself and for the house which God has given you to talk about it unless it is really necessary to do so. When the stomach dwarf opens the lower door of the stomach, the food, which is ready, drops down into a big tube. As it has already been mixed with the spittle and stomach juice, it is already very soft. Still, it is now to be mixed again with two other kinds of juice, which flow down from factories just above this big tube. The food, which had already been changed by the mouth and stomach juices, is changed once more by these juices and well shaken up again. When this is done, it begins a long journey. For now it has to pass through many feet of tubing, all coiled up in your body, just below the line of your belt or waist. This tubing varies greatly in size, and the different parts have very long names, which only doctors are wise enough to know and remember. Other people, when obliged to talk about these tubes, call them all bowels. Our bowels are very elastic, and they too open to let the soft food slide down and close behind it so as to make sure it will only go in the right direction. The bowels are made of skin and lined with skin something like velvet. Now, you know if you look at velvet very closely, you can see lots of little hairs or threads standing up on end. If you were to look at the skin lining the bowels with a strong magnifying glass or microscope, you would see the little hairs or threads which cover every bit of it. Strange to say, every one of these little hairs is alive and can move. Some of them pull the skin so it will widen and tighten as food passes. Others bring a new kind of juice to mix with it, and the rest have tiny mouths which greedily drink up the liquid part of the food as it passes by. In fact, there are so many of these little hairs or mouths that by the time the food is tr slowly traveled along all the bowels, which are about five times as long as the owner of the house is tall, they have sucked up all that part of the food which is good for the body. Nothing but the garbage or refuse is now left in the bowels. 
and travels on to the place provided for it, which we will call the body garbage can. Even here, there is a servant ready attend to it. And from this place, too, little telegraph wires run up to the head, so the servant can send a message to the master of the house. If the master is a wise housekeeper, he attends to the matter right away, if it is possible to do so. For he knows it is not nice or healthful to keep refuse in the house a minute longer than needful. And he therefore bids the feet carry the body to the privy, water closet, or toilet. A good, careful master and neat housekeeper sees that the garbage can is emptied every day at nearly the same hour, and generally as early in the morning as possible. He trains his little servant to be ready at the hour most convenient to him to see to this most important part of his housekeeping. But if the master wants to have a well-trained servant, he must begin early and not let him get into bad habits. Then, too, he must be sensible and ready to heed any messages his servant sends. If the master does not pay attention when the garbage can servant sends word that all is ready, the servant is very apt to grow careless and lazy, and before long, the house is no longer well kept. Sometimes the servant grows so sulky that he does not send any messages at all, although he knows very well that the garbage can is full and should be emptied. When he grows as lazy as this, it is very bad indeed for the master of the house. All the garbage which should be removed then stays in the house and poisons the air all through it. That, you know, is not right. The garbage or refuse which should have been emptied not only fills the inside of the house with bad smells, but it soon makes the master very uncomfortable indeed. Then he feels sorry that he did not pay better attention to the call of the garbage servant, who sometimes gets so cross that he won't empty the can even when his master tells him. When this happens, the master has to take medicine, or else he will be really ill. There are many, many children who, not knowing how very, very important it is to empty their garbage every day, pay no heed at all when the garbage servant says he is ready. Sometimes they don't want to be interrupted in their play, and sometimes they are really ashamed not to have attended to that part of their work when they could have done so without calling anyone else's attention. In those cases, the master sends a telegraph message back to the garbage servant, saying, I really cannot attend to this matter now. Just wait a little while. Like the stomach dwarf, the garbage can dwarf is really a good servant and only gets cross when badly treated. He therefore obeys this message without making much fuss, and if his master is sensible and seizes the first chance to attend to his work, he does not make any trouble. But every time one of his messages is really neglected, he loses some of his strength and interest until he finally becomes lazy and unreliable. That is one reason why every housemaster should be so careful about keeping him in good order. A properly trained garbage servant always calls to have his can emptied long before it is time to go to school or to work, and then he does not send any more messages that day. But if the house owner puts him off or allows him to get into careless habits, the call may come at some other time. Besides, much more food may have gone into the house than is really needed. In that case, there is sure to be more refuse, for all the food which cannot be sucked up on its way through the stomach and bowels is waste and has to be cast out of the body. As every human being eats and has to dispose of refuse, everyone knows that each house owner prefers to attend to this matter when he can do so without attracting attention. But as everyone knows, there are times and places when this is not possible. Then, the only right and proper thing to do is to take it as a matter of course and leave the room or quietly beg to be excused. 
Because it is natural for every living creature to get rid in this way of the part of the body refuse, and because it is forced out by a squeezing motion of the bowels, or a movement of the bowels, it is often called by nice people having a passage, or attending to nature's calls, when it becomes necessary to speak of this private matter to a doctor or to anyone else. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Stay connected by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash enchanted library. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash enchanted library. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends. Happy reading.